morning. Good morning, everybody. Tuesday. Can't you didn't hear that song? Tuesday, Matt, huh? Yeah. It's Tuesday? Tuesday. You take Wednesday and you follow that with Tuesday. Got it. Uh, <laughs> coming up on today's show, Hidden Secrets of the Weatherman. Twitter spotlight on at Mr. Church Guy. And do you name your car? Hmm. But before we get into that, it is February 5th, and we've got some holidays to celebrate, don't we, Mo? We do. I'm kind of uh, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about this first one. It's National Chocolate Fondue Day. I don't think I've ever had chocolate fondue. Okay, so Deidre and I just had chocolate fondue. Y'all had that at the thing? At our Galentine's Day? That's yep. not we fair. We did. We did. Deidre and I did this craft at a place called The Makery here in town, where... Really, you make something that you could do at home. <laughs> but like, you do it with friends and with food. Legit could do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, It's vinyl artwork. I legit can do it at home. <laughs> um, but it is. It's about the atmosphere and it's about mm-hmm. going there and hanging out with your friends and not having to worry about all the prep work of it because... You know, oh, right, yeah, they take care of all the prep. Yeah, the owners of the the shop, they do it all for you. And they are really good girls, the owners. I love love hanging out with them. But anyway, this last one that we went to was called a Galentine's party. And they provide f- snacks for these parties. And one of them was a chocolate fondue. And we found that if you take pineapple and pound cake... On your skewer together and dip that in chocolate, it's like this amazing creation of flavors all in one. Don't make that face. That Do not knock awful. it until you try it. <laughs> that it is sounds horrifying. <laughs> Still with the sneezing? Yep, sorry. I told you it's allergy season. <laughs> um anyway, it's so good. So there good. Was... And it's fruit, Matt, so it's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chocolate doesn't negate that at all. Or the pound cake. Or the pound cake. Um, (laughs) See, I kick myself because we lived in Albuquerque for three years. There was a, there's a place there called the Melting Pot. Yeah. Which is all fondue. And I wanted to go there so often. And I just, we just never did. We just never made it. We just never decided. Today's the day. That we're going to do it. And now we don't live anywhere near it anymore. Yeah. I think I would... And I've never had this, but I think that I would be more of a cheese fondue kind of person than yeah. a chocolate fondue kind of person. Because there's only so much that you can put chocolate on and it's good. Put cheese on a lot. But heck yeah. <laughs> they even had chips, though, last night that we were dipping our in the chocolate fondue. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I get that. Yeah. 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 That's why like I, I said, said it. Yesterday, because yeah, yesterday would, we were yeah, talking about those. It. Those chocolate-covered wavy lays. Chocolate-covered wavy oh, lays. They did them perfectly, too. You know, it wasn't completely covered. Yeah. They left, like, one side mm-hmm. uh, open. So you so have you the that perfect, saltiness. Uh-huh. And it still stayed mostly crunchy. Yep. Oh, gosh. Those were so good. Why didn't you come out with them this year? Four years in a row, and then you just stop? Lays. What's going on? Lays. Not a sponsor. Um, so I read this. Quickly and thought that it said National Witherspoons Day, as in like Reese. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, but it's actually National Weather Person's Day. It is Weather Person's Day, y'all. Yeah. So if you know a weather person, tell them happy day. <laughs> 
Uh, it's also Safer Internet Day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's pretty much what it sounds like. I still need to get you my child's laptop internet. so that you can... Oh, yeah. Get it all safed up. Get it all safed up for him. <laughs> Although I do go through it on a nightly basis and look through his history and everything, and kid only looks at Pokemon, so... <laughs> Well, I think I'm all you right can also, right you can, now. You can delete history, too, though. Yeah, but I don't think that he knows how to do that. No parent. As I've looked through. No parent thinks. But here's the thing. As I've looked through the history. There's been other you embarrassing can see things. The, well, no, you can see the timestamp on oh, each thing. okay. Each thing that he looked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like. There's never been any significant gap of time. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, um, see, I, I could be okay, a private. Yeah private detective a pi private investigator there we go um and lastly world nutella day Mm -hmm. i love nutella i haven't had nutella in a long time um i I still think that my husband was like gypped on the whole men's bake-off a couple years ago (laughs) because there are three judges and two no two of them Two of them were like, ew, Nutella. I don't even like Nutella. And one of them I know personally has never even tried Nutella. She just knows that it's hazelnut and thinks that she doesn't like it. (laughs) See, yeah, I think that happens because of coffee. I think that a lot of people don't like hazelnut because they've tried hazelnut creamer for coffee and they think it's going to taste like that. Yeah. Because Deidre hates hazelnut creamer, but she loves Nutella. I know she was like she was one of the judges that year, and she's like, "Guys, this is the winner. <laughs> this one." And the other two were like, Mm-mm, "No, no, thank you. Mm-mm. Can't do it." That for me. Yeah. yeah, I was I was introduced to Nutella before it really became a American thing. Yeah, yeah. Daedra and her family mm-hmm. bought it at the base because they got used to it when they lived in Germany, and so they would they would import it to the base grocery store, and so they get to buy it there. Yep. I'm like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's when we really got a love for it was when we were in Italy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Nutella is like peanut butter in Europe. Yeah. Because they really don't have peanut butter. They have hazelnut spread. It's weird. I can't think of eating it like a sandwich. No. I. Did they do that there? No. Really, it's more used as a filling in like croissants oh. or... Brioche or, yeah. Yeah. That so you go great. to a cafe and you get your cup of coffee and you get a Nutella <laughs> brioche, which is phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm drooling over here. So I just put it on top of my waffles now. Uh, uh-huh. That sounds great, too. Yep. Golly. There you go. French toast waffles. You know how they have the French toast Eggo sticks uh-huh. with Nutella spread? That's where it's at. Oh my gosh, Mo! I know. weren't we just talking about how we needed to get our yeah, food we were. eating under control? We you were. just ruined this week. I'm sorry. So thanks a lot. You know what, though? Listen, <laughs> listen. One of those waffles with a teaspoon, which is really all that you need, of the Nutella spread spread on top is only two Weight Watchers points. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They're not. They're not so much healthy, I guess. But Eggo waffles. Really aren't that bad. No, they're not they're bad not. on sugar. They're not yeah. bad on calories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was doing that for a while with, uh, I could buy some, I finally found a sugar-free maple syrup that I liked. Mm-hmm. And so I've been using that and had two waffles. 
with a little bit of butter. Mm -hmm. And it's like 200 calories. Yeah. Like it's not bad at all. Yeah. And like six grams of sugar, I think, and for the And then put a couple slices of banana on it. And yeah. there you go. You got, you got your, your fruit. planned out right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's show is brought to you by... Nutella. Back row right... No. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's brought to you by Back Row Radio, the home of the Back Row Morning Show. You wouldn't walk into an ice cream shop and order three scoops of plain old vanilla. That would be boring. Don't limit your taste buds, so why would you limit your earbuds? Back Row Radio, Christian music in every flavor. If you only listen to our show on the podcast or only listen to Back Row Radio during the morning show, you're missing out. If you haven't downloaded the Back Row Radio smartphone app, do it. You can even enable Back Row Radio on your Alexa smart speaker. And the music selection is always expanding. Basically, if you're missing it, you're missing out. Learn more at BackRowRadio.com. We've added so much music lately. I know. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. I am loving it. Makes me happy. Fried chicken. Hey, before you, you go into fried chicken, I need to ask you a question. <laughs> yes. Is for King and Country's new song on the radio? What's their new song? I don't remember the name of it. Is it from their album? Something about God's love. That's, uh, that's all I know. That's all I know. I don't remember. Okay. Here, let's we can look real I quick. Was, I was trying to, but my phone's For going really King slow. King and Country. We got Burn the Ships. We got Fight on Fighter. We got Control. We got Amen. Those are the most. God only knows. God only knows. God only that's knows the is one. on here. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. been on here for a while. Okay. Because that was a single that came out a while ago. Oh, that's such a good one. It's such a good. <laughs> I do okay. like that song. I almost, I almost sang that song karaoke style. For something recently. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Have you heard that whole album, though? No. Burn the Ships album? No, I need to. It's good. Fight on Fighter is really good. Control's really good. Amen. Mm. Hey, they're coming to Amarillo April 14th. Coming to Amarillo. That's Chris's birthday. Oh, yeah. That is his birthday, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Like I knew that. I didn't know it was his birthday. <laughs> Chris, you and I are best friends. I know all your holidays. <laughs> Here's the news. Fried chicken. Fried chicken chain, KFC, is known for its tasty gravy. And now you can fill your home with the meaty scent as KFC has launched a new gravy-scented candle. There are just 230 limited editions of uh, artisanal candle up for grabs, and they will be available on a first-come, first-served basis. Honestly, at this point, I think they're all gone. I doubt that they're still here. No, there are 292 left. But you can 229 try. left. <laughs> but to get your own candle and uh, see if there's still any left, simply visit kfc.co.uk slash gravy candle for the chance to win. KFC also unveiled its new KFC chill experience, which allows users to listen to the sounds of their KFC gravy mega box, choosing between the sounds of frying chicken, falling fries, or simmering gravy. Mm. So my mom had a rule growing up that we couldn't have food scented candles in the house because she would be constantly craving Craving and not able to satisfy that craving, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've stuck with that rule. I don't think I would ever, even if that wasn't a rule in my house, I don't think I'd ever want a gravy scented candle. You wouldn't want the gravy candle going in the kitchen and the fried chicken centered, uh, scented, uh, 
fire log burning in the living room no from christmas <laughs> hashtag no i think that would be fantastic nope <laughs> that is all right so does your car have a name yes it does actually well if so you're not alone <laughs> a new poll finds that 60 percent of drivers consider their cars to be full-fledged members of the family nearly as many own as many owners seal this bond by naming their four-wheeled friends. Results found that 42% get their names from a prominent feature, like the color or the sound it makes. Other name inspirations come from movies, TV shows, or songs, 20%, or famous cars and celebrities, 17%. The survey also found that 40% of us regularly talk to our vehicles. For 63% of owners, car conversations are primarily encouraging the car to go faster or make it up a hill. What is the name of your car? How did it get its name? Okay. Chris and I have the same name for our car, but for two different people. Okay? Okay. My car and his car are both snow. We both have white cars. Okay. Mine is specifically snow from Snow White off of Once Upon a Time. Okay. Chris's is because of Jon Snow. From Game of Thrones. Okay. So every time that we get into the car, into his car, I give his car a hard time and say, you know nothing, Jon Snow, because that's a line <laughs> from, from Game of Thrones. But I dote and love on, on my Snow, because she is a princess. But the car before Snow, the car before my Snow, was a green car, and that was Zelina, which was also from Once Upon a Time. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a character from Once Upon a Time, uh-huh. too. So I'm just on this trend for okay. some reason okay. of Once Upon a Time characters. That show really went downhill. It did, like, incredibly and super fast. No yeah. one saw it coming. We all got really into it. It was great. And mm-hmm. then the very next season was like, what happened? Right. Do we have new writers? <laughs> Is it a new production team? It was weird. I'm so confused. It's also strange how quickly they threw in Frozen characters after the movie came out. Yeah. Like, Frozen movie, two months later, Frozen characters joining Once Upon a Time. True. Anna and Elsa. I think that a lot of people, we, this is not the topic of our show. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> how did we get here? We're talking about cars, y'all. Do you Have you named your truck, Matt? I do not have a name for my truck. Do you talk to your truck? I yell at my truck. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> See, you can't be mean to your cars because then they work against you. You have to get in and love on them. And my car got its first dent, Matt. Oh. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how. Uh-oh. I, actually, I have a theory how. Chris says, absolutely not. That's not what happened. There's no way that that could have happened. What's the theory? He hit a tumbleweed coming home from Fort Worth. And this thing was a huge, like, I legit, I was looking at my phone, and he hits the tumbleweed, and I thought we hit a person. <laughs> because that was the sound yeah. that I would imagine a person going under my car making. <laughs> so I didn't notice anything. It's been a few nights, and I look at my car to go pick up Cannon from gymnastics, and there's like a, a big dent, a smaller dent, and then an even smaller dent. Like, progressively smaller down <laughs> in an angle towards the grill of my hood. And yeah, I was like, I sent well. him. A, I know. Yeah. I sent him a picture and I said, that tumbleweed dented my hood. 
And he said, absolutely not. There's no way. That could not have happened. <laughs> well, what do you think it was? It's not a ball because it's too small to be like where somebody threw right. a basketball or anything like that. And it's on a place where, like a place of the hood that I've, I, it, the only thing that makes sense is the tumbleweed. <laughs> Now, uh, the only vehicle that has ever been named uh, in our family was Daedra's truck she got when she was still in high school. Really old uh, F-150 truck, and we called it Adalberto because there was already a dash cover in there with that name inscribed over the glove compartment flap thing that it had. Adalberto. Adalberto. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so that's what we on. called it. We made uh, mix CDs called Adalberto's Mix. Yeah, it was nice. Y'all were committed to it. <laughs> All right. Onion, not onion. I got two headlines here. One of them is real. One of them is fake. Uh, Mo's going to guess which one is real, and you can play along at home. Are you ready? What is real? Yep, I'm ready. Go. First headline. Police ask criminals not to commit crimes because it's too cold or... Nation's sanitation workers announce everything finally clean. Man. I'm going with sanitation cleaners. Wrong. Darn. As bone-chilling temperatures grip many parts of the country, police are making a comical plea for criminals to take a break during the frigid weather. The Warrensburg Police Department of Warrensburg, Missouri, posted this request on Facebook it says, so we're asking a favor, at least for the next few days. Can you keep the criminaling to a minimum? It is really cold out. Do yourself and us a favor. Stay inside. Be nice to each other. Watch reruns of Say Yes to the Dress. We hear from the firefighters that it's a really good show. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, That was good. I like how they... Zing Get one the stab in there, yep. <laughs> a blast of cold swept through parts of the Midwest and along the East Coast for sub-zero temperatures befell several states. Temperatures plunged as low as minus 26 in North Dakota as wind chills as low as minus 62 in Minnesota. It was nearly that cold in Wisconsin and Illinois. Governors in Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, and Michigan declared emergencies as the worst of the cold threatened last Wednesday. National Weather Service forecasted that Wednesday night calls for temperatures in Chicago as low as minus 28 and wind chills as minus 50. Detroit's outlook was for Wednesday overnight lows around minus 15 and wind chills dropping to minus 40. Like we said, North Dakota actually felt wind chills of minus 75 That's crazy. Uh, by the end of this last week, That's which so was crazy. six degrees off from the temperature on Mars. Can I just say, <laughs> I thought that Mars was the hot planet. No, that's Venus. Venus is the hot planet. But isn't Mars red? Just because it's red don't mean it's hot. Listen. It means it's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Jupiter was the cold planet because it's blue. And Mars was Neptune the hot planet. <laughs> Jupiter's blue, too. Jupiter ain't blue. Jupiter's orange. No, I think Jupiter's blue. I don't think you know what you're talking about. I don't about. think you know what you're talking about. We're about to find out. Neptune is blue because it looks like water, I think... which is why it was named Neptune. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking up pictures of Jupiter. I am. It's like a mocha colored, like a red, red with creamer in it. I think Jupiter. 
What are you looking at? I need to do Jupiter in infrared from Hubble. Oh, in infrared. Well, that's why. It's You're looking blue. at an infrared uh, camera. You're not looking at the right thing. Shut up, you. <laughs> I'm so tired of you being mean to me. <laughs> I really am. Okay, so maybe I've only ever seen infrared images of Jupiter. Yeah, look, yeah, I, I Google Jupiter. I see one that's kind of bluish, but all other 19 here are, are red and white. No, because there's like quite a few that, look at that one. That's red with a A blue dark top. top. <laughs> a blue pole. That's what it says. Uh, I'll give you that. I guess it's partially blue in some places, but it is mostly red and white. Okay, so maybe I was really thinking of Neptune, not Jupiter. Yeah. Google Neptune. See what you get there. It looks like the ocean. All blue. Yep. Solid blue. We are now talking about planets. We are. We can't <laughs> keep focused, can we? We really can. <laughs> when we come back, we'll spotlight Mr. Church Guy from Twitter. Stick around. Hour two on this Tuesday morning. We are glad to have you in the studio with us here at the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo as Mo yawns her way into the second hour. Yep. <laughs> we got yep. three random facts to start off your hour, Mo. All right. Hit us with the knowledge. Number one, pound for pound, an average burger costs more than an average new car. What? Weird. So if I had a car's worth of burgers, I'd be paying more. Than the car would be worth. That's nuts when you think about it. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth that much. <laughs> I'm not going to pay that much for burgers anymore. Nope. I'm not. I'm going to go into Burger King and be like, listen, I'm going to need you to lower the cost of this because if I were to buy a burger the same size as my car, I'd be paying more to you. That's not okay. Oh, hey, speaking of burgers, today, the 5th, is the last day that you can go to Wendy's. And if you spend, I think you have to, I think you have to use their app. But if you buy ten dollars worth of food, you can get a baconator for free. On top of that, ends today though. Free okay. burger, y'all. Free what burger. What is a free burger? Anyway, continue on. <laughs> huh? Okay, number two. Someone new becomes a billionaire every two days. When is it my turn? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Why are we not that new person yet? <laughs> and lastly, the joy from giving lasts longer than the joy from getting, according to researchers from the University of Chicago. Absolutely. That seems obvious, but maybe it's not obvious to everybody. I guess not. No. Nope. Whatever. <laughs> All right. We got some artist updates. Plum, one of our favorite people, uh-huh. uh, has made a life decision. She, <laughs> she posted, I've had three C-sections, two of which were emergency. My back and my bladder have never been the same. Today I decided, after almost not making it in, making it to the loo on time again, that I have no plans on purchasing pants that requiring that require unbuttoning ever again. Good for her. I can get behind that decision. Button flies are dumb, everybody. 
I can totally get behind that decision. Way to go, dumb. Plum. Dumbest dumb ever dumbed. of ever dumb. Of all the dumbs, it's button flies. <laughs> all right. And Crowder has finally found a protest that he can get behind. He posted a picture of a protester holding a sign that read, Make Fruit Stripe Gum Last Longer. And added, this is my kind of protest. I loved Fruit Stripe Gum when I, I was a kid. Too. I would put one of every color and just chew that thing up. Not, not all at once. Oh. You take one flavor, you chew it until it's all gone, but instead of spitting it out, I just add the next flavor. Nope, I just envisioned you, like... Having a, like, have a stack of seven. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what I saw. <laughs> the suicide gum. <laughs> oh, the flavor, seriously, lasts like four seconds and you're done. Yeah. It was really quick. Yeah. But it was good. It was some tasty, tasty gum. It was tasty. <laughs> All right. All right. It is Twitter Tuesday. We're going to spotlight a a church anon account, a specific church joke account from Twitter, in hopes that you will go check them out and follow them and make them a part of your life. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, I guess, we focused on uh, our account, Back Row Baptist, and uh, now we're going to be passing it along to one of our friends. Uh, he is at Mr. Church Guy. Mm-hmm. He's been going for longer than Back Row Baptist. Uh, really? So, yeah. So, here's some of his most recent tweets that uh, we got a kick out of, 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 of. All right. He says, I was just thinking that we can never have a live Super Bowl party with fresh Chick-fil-A nuggets. And now I'm sad. <laughs> Nothing gets you in the mind for talking with the creator of the universe better than somebody randomly calling your name to lead in prayer. <laughs> Uh, when people say that God showed up for their worship service, do they count him in the attendance numbers? And if so, does he count as three or just as one? <laughs> Busy day at church. I helped out directing adults and hurting kids. I do it all from Ushin to Shushin. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the Vatican worship guy keeps trying to sneak in Gregorian. Yeah. Chant arrangements of Chris Tomlin songs. <laughs> Sometimes my apathy bothers me. Other times it does its job and leaves me alone. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is a great verse to apply to yourself when you are the people of Israel being attacked by Babylon. <laughs> Don't forget it, guys. <laughs> your best, <laughs> your best acts of good judgment are never noticed by anyone else. That's because they usually involve selecting delete instead of send. (laughs) Uh, Some good evidence that our church is not a cult is how bad we are at following up with people who stop attending. Ooh. Yeah. That's a painful one. Yeah. It's possible that people may be offended by your faith. It's also possible that you might just be a jerk. I find that so true in so many ways. Slightly convicting a little bit. Me as a 13-year-old, I'm saving up $40 to buy Dr. Mario for my Nintendo. Me as an adult, I'm not going to pay 99 cents for a game. (laughs) I'm playing this game that I really enjoy. And for me to like take it up several levels... I would just have to pay $2.29. 
I'm like, I'm not going to commit that much money to this game. But if I get tired of it next week, then I'll have thrown almost $3. It's down so true. <laughs> it really is so but true. But it's really such a minimum amount of money. And we make plenty of money enough that I could throw a couple bucks at a couple games if I wanted to. But even... I just can't like, do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm still willing to go to GameStop and buy... Mm-hmm. A $40 game. I bought Super Mario Brothers U a little while ago. Or Deluxe a while ago. But it's true. And even Chris is like, did you really just pay 99 cents for that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Cheap wad. Right? Gosh. (laughs) Uh, If your church is named Journey and you never sign off your emails with don't stop believing, then I'm disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't call it a drum shield. It's a drummerarium. <laughs> Your collection of religious books does not mean you are saved. Your shelf righteousness amounts to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, do we personally know at Church Guy? At um, Church Guy? I know. I kind of know him. I mean, we're okay, friends, so we're he's friends never on been Facebook. To my and, house? No. Okay, good. No, you don't know the person directly. Okay, because I, I was really about to throw a table. <laughs> you have no right to use me. I don't get to be the butt of your jokes, people. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, and lastly, some people have the kind of heart that's just asking to be blessed. <laughs> Bless your heart. So... <laughs> So did somebody call out your shelf righteousness at one point? What's going on? No, but I do have shelf righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> we got books on books. Books on books look, on books on books. Look holier. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> All right. Well. Shut up at Mr. Church Guy. <laughs> I know you've seen my house. <laughs> I know it was you. <laughs> All right. Uh, short hour this hour. When we come back, we will celebrate National Weather Person's Day with some behind-the-scenes secrets. show on this beautiful Tuesday, and uh, it is Weather Person's Day, National Weather Person's Day, where we celebrate the men and women of the weather persuasion. The weather industry? (laughs) Sure. All right. (laughs) Those folks you see on your nightly newscast that are braving the storms just to bring you some entertaining news. I don't understand. Why do we have to have the weather people standing in the storms to give us the weather? Can't we? I mean, we really yeah. have to make them stand out there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to bring you some secrets of the weather person today. The first weather forecast to hit national network television was given in 1949 by legendary weatherman Clint Yule. Yule? Yule? Yule. Yule? Sure, I'm not. To illustrate weather systems, Yule covered a paper map of the U.S. in plexiglass and drew on it with a marker. 
A lot has changed in the world of meteorology since then, but every day millions of families invite their local weatherman or weatherwoman into their living room to hear the forecast. Here are just a few things you might not know about being a TV meteorologist. Number one, some people just never master that green screen. (laughs) On camera, meteorologists might look like as if they're standing in front of a moving weather map, but in reality, there's nothing except a blank green wall behind them. That's uh, thanks to the wonders of special effects. A digital map can be superimposed onto the green screen for viewers at home. Uh, TV monitors situated just off camera show the meteorologist what viewers at home are seeing, which is how he or she knows where to stand and point. But it's very hard. It's harder than it looks. And for some rookie meteorologists, the learning curve can be steep. Some people never learn it, says Gary England, legendary weatherman and former chief meteorologist of Oklahoma's KWTV. Uh, England was also the first person to use Doppler radar to warn viewers about incoming systems. Uh, For some, it comes easy, but I've seen people never get quite used to it. (laughs) You've got to have good hand-eye coordination, I would assume. Because that's a... Because you're... Yes, because it's backwards to you. Yeah, it's backwards to you. It's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. Hey... Being a meteorologist was always my dream job. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Either a meteorologist or a news broadcaster. News person. I think so. I would I think I would enjoy being a news broadcaster. It would be fun, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. We could totally do it. <laughs> uh, number two, they have a strict dress code. Uh, green, of course, is out of the question. <laughs> You've seen be a floating you head. Can see, yeah, you can see they make they have there's all kinds of news bloopers that go on in YouTube every month. Uh, and yeah, you can see when they mess up, they have a little bit of green somewhere. Like sometimes it'll be like on flowers or something on a dress. Yeah. And so you'll just see bits and pieces of the map flowing through their body as they're walking. It's very <laughs> strange. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's distracting. <laughs> distracting prints are a no, no also. Uh, Dallas-based meteorologist for KF, uh, KDFW Fox 4 writes on Reddit. Uh, her name's Jennifer Myers. Uh, cleavage angers viewers over 40 something fierce so we try to stay away from that there's no length rule on skirts or dresses but you wouldn't if you wouldn't wear it to a family event you probably shouldn't wear it on tv nothing reflective nothing that makes sound that rule they're gonna have to adjust that rule if you wouldn't wear it to a family event then you don't want to wear it on tv right because people are getting bold they are getting bold (laughs) yeah see i've seen have you ever seen like the morning news or whatever on a Spanish station? No. Like Telemundo or whatever? No. And that's completely out the window for them. What? It's like, especially like the no cleavage thing. Yeah. It's just all, all tight and appropriate clothes. <laughs> and um, they're always women. That's better than <laughs> German weather. German weather? Mm-hmm. What do they do in German weather? They're nude. What? No joke. Our first week in Italy. We didn't have, like, the, oh, what is the, anyway, so military get their own little satellite. Yeah. Their own little, I can't remember what it's, AFN, that's Air Force Network. Okay. So we didn't have our AFN yet. Okay. So we're watching regular television channels, the Italian television channels. And after 10 o'clock at night, there is a German weather channel that comes on and they do it all in the nude that is weird it was pretty shocking to be flipping through the channels and (laughs) whoa (laughs) who's that for (laughs) 
I mean, who wants? I don't understand. You ha- and you have to remember, European like they're totally different than we are. Nude beaches are a big thing. Topless beaches. Every beach is a topless beach. Every beach. You know, if you want to go to a topless beach here, you know that it's a secluded place. Yeah. It's just different there. Weird. Very strange. So even though they have a strict dress code for on camera, uh, number three is is that it's pretty casual below the knee. Since their feet regularly appear on camera, some meteorologists take a take to wearing casual, comfortable footwear, especially on long days. For example, England told the uh, New York Times that during storm season, he often wears or he often has on his feet. Uh, he was often on his feet. Gosh, I can't read now. <laughs> can't be a newscaster. I can't read. He was often on his feet for 12 straight hours, so he wears Mizuno running shoes, which look ridiculous with his suit and tie, but provide a bit of extra cushioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, female meteorologists will strap their mic pack to their calves or thighs rather than the more unpleasant option of stuffing it into their waistband or strapping it into their bra. Hmm. That would be uncomfortable, I would assume. Uh, number four, there are tricks to staying warm in a snowstorm. This is This is pretty interesting here. Uh, in the field, when I'm covering snowstorms, I go to any pharmacy and get those back patches people wear, those heat wraps, and stick them all over my body, <laughs> explains Abrams. Then I put on a wetsuit. When you're out for as long as we are, that helps you stay dry. I have I have to be really hot when I go out for winter storms. So can you imagine getting those heat packs, those like icy hot packs? Just putting them all over your body and then putting a wetsuit on over that and then putting on whatever your regular regular clothes clothes, and then a coat on top of that and you're standing out there in the weather. That would be weird. It would be weird. See, that's what I'm saying. If they got to go to that drastic of a level, just let them cover it from inside. Put a a camera out there. But they live for this. This is (laughs) like, this is what got them into the job in the first place. They love inclement weather. (laughs) <laughs> I do think that would be one of the fun parts of it, going out and watching the trees blow behind me hmm. in a hurricane or yeah. a tornado. I Maybe. I think it'd be cool. Have you seen that one uh, news blooper where there? Yes, someone standing where he's the... like pretending, or maybe we're not thinking the same Might one. Be. Okay, go ahead. It's the meteorologist is like pretending that he's walking into the storm and he's like, he can barely move because the storm is blowing so hard. And then just off camera, you see two people walking just fine. Like, no big deal. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> no, the one I was going to say was where someone was covering a hurricane and they're out there and the wind's blowing and a stop sign smacks him in the face. No. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me, though. Uh, all right, number five. You might be surprised by this. Uh, there's no scripts. You know, newscasters and news anchors, they have a teleprompter that tells them exactly what to say. They read uh, everything that they say. But for the TV forecaster, they ad-lib from start to finish. Uh, they base their what they say off of the graphics that they create, uh, but they don't have a word-for-word script, so they do have to be quick on their feet, and they do have to be able to not stumble or um or ah or anything like that. And uh, I think that's very mm-hmm. impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. Um, and it also allows them to have off-the-cuff moments because typically the best weather men and women in a town are the ones that goof around 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're the ones that are most loved. Yeah. It's the ones that have goofy off the cuff moments. Yeah. So. And so really they all could have, they all had the opportunity to be the mm-hmm. most loved meteorologist. They really do. It's just those who are <laughs> stepping up to the plate. Uh, number six, mom is their audience. Uh, part of the meteorologist's job is to break down the very complicated scientific terminology and phenomena into something that the general public can not only stomach, but crave. The trick is to approach the weather as if you're telling a story. Who are the main actors? Where is the conflict? What happens next? Explained Bob's, explains Bob Henson, a weather underground meteorologist. Along the way, you have the opportunity to do a bit of teaching. Weathercasters are often the only scientists that a member of the public will encounter on a regular basis on TV. <clears throat> Very cool. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, Wyckoff's method of keeping it simple is to pretend like he's having a conversation with his mom. I'd pretend like I was giving her the forecast, he says. If my mom could understand it, I felt confident that the general on- audience could as well. Part of that is also not using completely sciencey terms that go over your audience's head. Did he just call his mom dumb? <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if my dumb old mom can get it. Then anybody then, yeah, should. You can get it. Yeah. Number seven, social media has made their jobs more difficult. Uh, professional meteorologists spend a lot of time debunking bogus forecasts spreading like wildfire across Twitter. We have a lot of social media me- meteorologists that don't have n- necessarily the background or training to create great forecasts, Wyckoff says. We have to educate our viewers uh, that they should know the source they're getting information from. People think it's easy as reading it's as easy as reading a chart, uh, says Scott Sistick a meteorologist and weather blogger for KOMO-TV in Seattle. A lot of armchair meteorologists at home can look at a chart and go, okay, half an inch of rain, but we take the public, uh, we take the public front when it's wrong. Mm. Yeah. And also, I feel like they're having to do more work because I'm seeing them, uh, meteorologists posting weather updates like every hour, every couple hours on Facebook now, even on sunny days that don't need them. It's like they need to have, they need to keep creating content to justify their social media presence. (laughs) Yeah. And it's usually like them in the back somewhere. It's not, not even like a faux weather thing. It's like them sitting at their desk. So here's what's happening in the weather. It's very very strange. Brave new world we're in. (laughs) Number eight, they make life or death decisions. Da-da-da. People, people plan their lives around the weather forecast, and when a storm rolls in, locals look to their meteorologist for guidance on what to do. If he or she gets a path of a tornado wrong or downplays its severity, people's lives are in danger. If you miss a severe weather forecast and someone's out on the ball field and gets stuck, someone could get injured, says Wyckoff. It's a great responsibility that we have. Great power. Comes <laughs> great responsibility. Conversely, <laughs> England says that when things get dangerous, some people are reluctant to listen to a forecaster's advice because they don't like being told what to do. He relies on a little bit of psycho- uh, psychological maneuvering to get people to take cover. You suggest you don't tell, he says. You issue instructions, but in a way where they feel like they're making up their own minds. Yeah, it's like all those people that say, all right, we need to evacuate now. The tsunami is coming in. We will all be underwater. Evacuate now. <laughs> nah. I ain't never seen a tsunami before. Right? I'm going to stick around and see what that looks like. Yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, don't bank on those seven-day forecasts. 
Uh, Wyckoff says that I would say that within three days, meteorologists are about 90% accurate. Then at five days, we're down to about 60%, maybe 75 And then after seven days, it becomes a bit more wishy-washy. Which is true. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially when you're like a dry area like us and we're wanting like rain or snow. Seven-day forecast, 90% chance of snow seven days from now. Mm-hmm. Then I mean, you watch it the day, slowly the go away. Day. Yeah, 40%. 25%, 5% chance of snow yeah. today. And we always have a 5% chance of snow, just just to be clear. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's July, and it still says 5% chance of snow. <laughs> All right, number 10, they're frenemies. The competition for viewers is fierce, and local meteorologists are all rivals in the same race. When you're in TV, all meteorologists and other competitors are the enemy, England says. You're not good friends with them. They try to steal the shoes off your children and food off of your plate. If they get higher ratings, they get more money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like all things, competition. Yeah. And lastly, number 11, they're tired of hearing the same joke over and over. There's always the running joke. I wish I could be paid a million dollars to be wrong 80% of the time. Sistek says, I wanted to have a contest for who can come up with the best weatherman insults because we need something new. Let's get creative here, folks. (laughs) (coughs) So there you know. Now you know things. There you know. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And now you know is what I was trying to say. Now you know some things that maybe you didn't know before about your local weatherman and woman. Interesting. All right. Are you ready for our Ask Us Anything? I am ready for our. Our. All right. Today's question is, what is the most Pleasant sounding accent. I almost said most unpleasant. <laughs> that had been a little insulting. Um. Well, and I had an answer for that one because that's what I thought it was. For the record, it's Russian or German. Aww. They're, they're too raspy. I like the Russian ones and the German ones. They're too deep. They sound like they're angry all the time. Okay, the mo. Hurt my throat. <laughs> <laughs> To the <coughs> pardon me. The, the most pleasant sounding <laughs> accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I'm trying to think of them in my head. French <laughs> is pretty pleasant. French. Uh, I feel like everybody's big in French is being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, True. it's always an attitude. It, I feel like it has to be something Mediterranean. Mediterranean, really? Mm-hmm. Mine is Irish. Not the overly brogued Irish, the really hard to understand, but like the... You, you're thinking I've Becky recent, Lynch. I've recent, Becky Lynch is one of them. <laughs> Becky Lynch, there's a... Lene Hale is a singer, uh, a Christian singer, who has just a bit of that Irish... Uh, uh, tint in her voice um, and then at the very the very shallow end with barely any of it in there <clears throat> is uh, the mom from The Incredibles I don't remember who plays her oh but she has a, the very tail end of an Irish accent in her voice Irish. but I just like that I like that Becky Lynch I think is probably the perfect example though do you know Chris WWE. had no idea that she was Irish until we saw her on Ridiculousness, and she's talking, and Chris is like, 
whoa, she's for real Irish. And I'm like, yeah, that's why she's one of my favorites. I didn't know that she was really, really Irish. Yeah, they don't normally portray different uh, nationalities anymore. Yeah. If you're not that nationality. <laughs> no. uh, you, yeah. I. Okay, to be fair, just any accent that's not German or Russian is pleasant <laughs> to pleasant listen to. pleasant to To, me. <laughs> I to also be like totally honest. Accents. Yeah, I like British. Yeah. I like Scottish, which Scottish and Irish are very, yeah, very similar. similar. Yeah. I feel Scottish is a bit more rough, isn't it? Or they rough? are a bit more rough. Yeah. So I think of, did you watch Brave? The oh, Disney yeah. movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Scottish. Yeah. Merida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I'll fight for my own hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to go home and watch funny. that now. I think I'm going to. It's one of my favorite See, that's movies. A, Merida is a weird uh, situation because it's technically a Pixar movie, but she's being allowed to be counted as a Disney princess. It's a it's a Pixar movie. It's a movie? Pixar movie. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. I think you're wrong. You look it up. I am. I think you're wrong. <laughs> It's a Pixar movie, and they're letting her count as one of the princesses. Disney princesses. Really funny joke. Have you seen uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2? No. Okay. Not yet. There's a really fun spoiler for you. It's a really funny joke with the princesses scene. Because you've seen that in the preview, right? Where all the princesses are together in a room. No. You didn't see that in the I preview? I haven't seen any previews oh. for it. Well, well, I I'm know. I'm really spoiling it for you. Yeah, you are. Anyway, she says something. Merida says something, and they're like, what did she say? We never know. (laughs) (laughs) That does make me sad that it's Pixar. It is Pixar, yeah. Why does it make you sad? Because it's not Disney. Well, it is. I mean, it's Disney Pixar. It is and it isn't. But but it's not, like, original. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Are they all, all the newer Disney movies, are they all Disney Pixar? No. Wreck-It Ralph is not, Frozen's not, uh, Zootopia's not. Okay, they, so then what's the difference? Well, after Pixar, Pixar was the first uh, thing connected with Disney that made the 3D animated movies. Okay. While Walt Disney, or Disney was still making 2D animation. As Pixar started to become the most popular thing, they developed their own 3D animation in Walt Disney Animation Studios. And so now all of their movies also go 3D. So now you're getting the Pixar studio and the Walt Disney Animation Studio all making the same kind of movies. Hmm. And they're just two different teams is all it is. Uh, And so you'll have those weird uh, situations where one studio does one thing, one studio does the other. The weirdest one, I think, is Cars. Pixar does Cars. Then they came out with Planes, which is set in the Cars universe, but Planes is done by Walt Disney Animation. Huh. That's very strange to me. <clears throat> They're definitely in the same world. They even make references to Cars in the Planes movies. Like, uh, they make reference to Rusties and uh-huh. you know, all these different elements. But, yeah, two separate, two very separate uh, animation studios handling those. But they all, like... So I'm thinking, you know, you go to Disneyland in California, mm-hmm. go across the street, you know, they're technically considered one park, if you will, to California Adventure, and you go to Cars Land, mm-hmm. 
or at either one of uh, California Adventure or Disneyland, you have your nightly parade and you have the Pixar parade and the Disney parade Mm -hmm. that they'll show. They'll do at both parks. So they're obviously working to like kind of merge, if you will, but while continuing to be separate. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd. Toy Story's Pixar, isn't it? Toy Story's, but that was the first Pixar. Uh, and Monsters Inc. Under Disney. Monsters Inc. Pixar, um, Inside Out, Up. Uh, of course, we said Brave. Uh, what are the other ones? I feel like there are a lot more. <laughs> Wally was one. Pixar, but like Zootopia, Wreck It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero Six. Those are all Disney. Huh. Mind blown. Yeah. And terribly off topic. (laughs) But interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) All right. There you go. (laughs) So I guess we landed on Irish. Irish and Scottish. Yeah, we can agree on Irish and Scottish. Yeah. All right. Stick around. We'll be back in a little while to close out the show. Tuesday show here on the back row morning show with Matt and Mo in the studio. Ho ho ho! Yo, we got yo. your Bible verse of the day. Bible verse is Psalm thirty-three four through five. It says, "For the word of the Lord is upright, and all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord." And our thought for the day comes from Tim Keller. The more you rejoice in your own forgiveness, the quicker you will be to forgive others. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com or most places that you can find podcasts. Be sure to connect with all aspects of The Back Row by visiting TheBackRow.org and join our Meme Pack Facebook group at BRBChurch.com. Hey, Mo, what's the final word? I'm going to go watch Merida. (laughs) That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.